Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletics, dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. There's snow. There was. Do you still have it on the ground there? A little bitty. A little yeah, bitty. But almost, nonetheless, it existed in that place. I know, me. right? It's, almost, it's mostly all gone out here in the hinterlands. Mm. Um, but it's pretty weird to see like a blossomed... Cherry tree covered in snow. Indeed. What a visual. Um, Indeed. I, there's probably a metaphor there about the blue jackets. <laughs> Connect these dots, please. I'd I'm like not, to hear it. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to. <laughs> a season that once seemed to, to be oh, wow. blooming is mm. now, yeah. Mm. Frozen. Covered, mm. co- covered in, in death. Um <laughs> Allison, let's talk briefly, very briefly, about all the wins that have occurred since the last time we did a podcast. Okay, that was a good discussion. Next segment, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, boy, it's it's really hit the skids here. It's bleak. It's bleak. I, I mean, and you know, we're it, it's like, it's so bad, and it's so difficult. The, the, the team is what the team is now, gutted by the trade deadline, thinned further by injuries. I mean... This club was barely hanging on all season, incredibly inconsistent, and barely hanging in into the play into the playoff picture for the longest time. Um, with all of these guys, well, now you take Felino, Savard, Nash. That's just the trade deadline. Jenner, Wierenski. You take that out of the mix, and you're like, well, God, like now, now there's just it. So many things have to go right for them to win. A game, a game, not not win consistently, just win a game. 
And that's a really hard way to go about business. They're bringing players in for post-game interviews, and it's like it feels very broken record. I can't imagine what it's like from their standpoint. Um, we're trying to ask questions about the games. Everybody wants these games to have meanings because, of course, this is professional sports. People are tuning in. Games matter. But everybody knows that these games are, at this point, are nothing more than a march to the offseason. It's a weird stretch, Allison. It is. And I, and I think it's what makes it even more frustrating is that, myself included, I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, there may have been varying degrees of, of maybe not as much success as others thought, but th- this is just a falling off of a cliff. Um, and I think that that's, there, there's almost a bit of shell shockness, if that's a real word, to it all of just kind of like, really? How, how, how did we get he- here? So, yeah, it's, it's a stretch. It's a tough stretch. Yeah. And like, like you can start to pick through certain moments in certain games like last night where you're like, boy, the Roslevic turnover. The line eight turnover put it right into guys' skates. It goes the other way, and then you're like, you know what? It's it's so it, those are not good, of course, but it's so much bigger than that. They're just not good enough right now. Yeah. They're, they're not. Yeah. They're not an NHL hockey club, and so there is no margin for error. You do any one of those things, you got no hope to win, really. Um, and so they're playing on a on a very very thin margin, and that's that's no way to live. Um, I'll say this though, John Tortorella, he is not exact. He, it, you know, you could look at some players and say at certain times maybe they've mailed it in or started to mail it in. The coach has not done that. If anything, he's continued to press, continued to go his own way, anyways, however you want to phrase that. Um, Max Domi, Allison, has been a healthy scratch now for two straight games. Um, I can't say I was terribly surprised by the first one. Uh, which was against Florida, would have been Monday's game against Florida. Um, you knew Tortorella was going to be really, really pissed off. Um, he was mad enough about the two penalties and the 10-minute misconduct against Connor Murphy versus Chicago in Columbus last week. That did not sit well with the coach. And then two games later, he essentially does the same thing against Rhett Gardner of, of Dallas, two minor penalties, game misconduct. Um, so you, it's not a shock that something was coming two games though. I, this, this surprises me. Um, let me just stop. I'll stop yammering on at, at this point to get your thoughts on, on that. But I want, we're going to go in here on, on Domi and Tortorella a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I was not surprised at the first one. I, I did think that the penalty against Chicago was, was egregious. I think particularly if you're a player, like Max Domi, who has had a season less than anyone expected, himself included, I'm sure. Um, you, you know, this is it's the same thing as what we hear when we talk about the younger players who are playing right now: is seize the opportunity, prove something, take take hold of something, you know, be be in charge of something. And the only thing he did was take himself off the ice, and I, that one in particular, I thought was a bit much. So the first scratch didn't surprise me; the second one did. Um, the only, if I'm really grasping here, is that there's some sort of, well, you sat yourself for two games, I'm going to sit you for two games kind of thing. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. completely my conjecture. Um, but but it's a struggle because, you know, Tortorella says he likes the way the team played two games ago, so he keeps the same lineup. 
it's just weird, you know, when you say to, I'm going a little bit off on a tangent here, but Please. you say the, the coach is still engaged, but, you know, you look at their schedule and I get that there's a fatigue issue, but th- there's hardly any practice time for this group right now. Right. Um, and if you want to talk about seeing the younger players in opportunity, these guys are coming up. How, how are they knowing what to do? How are they feeling comfortable? They can't hang out with their teammates off the ice. How are they finding any tiny semblance of chemistry if they're not spending any time together whatsoever since there's no practice. So again, back to Domi, you know, how does Domi come back into this? It just, it, it feels weird. It feels off. Um, I'm certainly not saying that Domi would, would be the savior and the difference maker. He hasn't shown us that this year, but it's just, it's, it's weird all around. Yeah, it is. And, and I thought, I, frankly, I, I'm surprised that Tortorella didn't scratch Domi Early in the season, I've got. I wrote his numbers down. Did poked around with them last night. First twenty-seven games, three, four, seven minus. <clears throat> excuse me, minus fifteen. And there were a lot of games in there, long stretches in there where he just he looked like he was really confused by what was going on. Right. Um, I would not have been surprised to have seen it then. I, I, I'm actually more surprised to see it now. And you know, I, I don't. I think all these guys are dealing with ways to get through these games. I don't think there's anything harder than just talking strictly about being a professional athlete. I'm not talking about the realities of life because there's a lot of shit that's a lot harder than anything you'll ever do as a hockey player. Let's let's all be clear with that. But I don't think there's anything harder as a professional athlete than to face this amount of games knowing that they really don't matter. And it's re- I think it's really hard to get up to that competitive level that you need to almost trick your body and your mind into being at at this time of year. And I think some guys have done a pretty good job with it. I wonder if Max is just wired the way where this is how he gives himself. I'm not saying any of it's justified. The penalty, right. certainly. He can't go that right. far. But I think he has to have some battles going on on the ice for him to really be engaged in playing these games right now. Sure, he went too far. It's just, it's surprising to me, though, that, that that's, that's two games, not just the Monday game. And, and I got to be honest with you here, too. This, we, I've asked him, I've asked Tortorella about Domi the last couple nights. I'm sorry. It's a story when you scratch a prominent player like that, when you scratch a guy that this organization gave up Josh Anderson for. You better believe it's a story. This is not scratching um, Cole Sherwood or Ryan McGinnis or guys that are struggling to, to, to earn fourth-time ice time. It's a big damn deal when you scratch this guy who should be should be part of your building blocks around here. Uh, he wouldn't answer to us. We know that, you like, that Tortorella likes to save things for different outlets, um, out of respect for them too, which is fine. Um, but Tortorella says this is to uh, Blue Jackets radio voice, uh, Bob McGilligan. Uh, and this was, to be clear, Monday before the first game that Domi was scratched when it was made known that he was going to be a scratch that night. And Tortorella says, this isn't just Max. This is again talking to Bob McGilligan. Bob McGilligan. We're a 15-win team right now. 15 wins. We shouldn't argue with referees. When you take a penalty, you go right to the penalty box. The coaches shouldn't be yelling at linesmen. We shouldn't be complaining about a damn thing. 
We have no business being involved in any shenanigans or any pissing and moaning on the ice. Uh, we put ourselves in this hole as far as being a bottom dweller. You act accordingly. Shut your mouth. Try to be as best as you can as a team. I don't want any more shenanigans throughout the year. Now, it goes on almost, that's almost half. Well, let me read this paragraph because it's really good. I'm very proud of what this organization has done, the whole organization, these past four or five years, in getting us to where we were gaining respect in this league. I'm really proud of having been a small part of that as we've gone through this. We're not there now, and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And then he goes on again to say, don't act silly, all the showmanship stuff, all that shit. Get rid of it. It is a little hypocritical, though, to me, because that very night, Tortorella could be seen at least one time on on Valley sports cameras just going crazy to the officials, (laughs) going Mm -hmm. crazy to the officials, which, of Mm -hmm. course, that is his job. And it's the heat of the battle. He's going to do that. Um, But so last night, Tortorella, all he would say is that the reason Domi was scratched Tuesday is that he liked the way that they played as a forward group on Monday, which almost makes it sound as though it's not punitive. He just thought they were better without Domi, or at least better without Domi the way that he's been playing of lately. Uh, your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. It was it was funny to see him, because I, I had listened to that interview with Bobby before the, the game. And so then you see him flying off the handle. You know, it's, uh, look, I could sit here and try and carve out the nuance of it. And, and there probably is nuance of it. But at the same time, we live in a world where these quotes get taken at far less depth uh, than those who are close to a team or an individual consider. And so I'll take them that way and say, come on, dude. Like, is there a, again, I didn't like the second set of penalties by Domi, I have no problem with a reaction to that. But the way he came across in those comments was just to sit and be meek and just take it. Yeah, yeah. There's a degree of that, again, that I could nuance and tease out. Um, and I mean that. I'm not trying to dismiss the, the credibility of the, the kernel of the idea. But then if you go rage about a penalty, come on. I mean, it... <laughs> <laughs> doctor heal thyself, right? Or, or the other one, if, you, if right. one finger's pointing at someone else, there's four fingers pointing back at you. So, yeah. you know, wh- which way are we going here? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, and this just conjures up again the thought. Look, I think most people believe 
that this is John Tortorella's last year in Columbus, that he's he's a couple of weeks from from probably being done as Blue Jackets coach. I'm saying probably. Um, I think it's headed that way. I don't think anybody knows for sure other than the man himself, maybe the team. Um, and but it is if it, it it's ending this way, and Allison, a part of part of that to me is sad. Yeah, agree. Um, because it's ending in a way where I mean, and it's just it, it's only Twitter. Let's not kid ourselves. But you hear it on radio stations. It's out there too that 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 this is just who John Tortorella is, and it's not. It's not. Um, but this year has just been a mess with that stuff. I made a list of players he's healthy scratched this year, two pages, needed <laughs> needed a couple pens. Um, I mean, it's incredible. And it's it's just been an ugly, if it is the end, it's been an ugly end. I think, though, on the whole, this is a this might get me in some hot water with some people. I think he's helped more players in Columbus, Ohio, Columbus Blue Jackets than he's heard. Agreed? On the on the whole body of work? Is that Correct. what you're saying? In his six years. Yes, 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 I yeah. agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I do agree also with you. I think it's a shame that this is how it's ending because it, and again, this is, this is what Torts has been hinting at. I, th- I think it's what a lot of people feel, at least people I've, t- I've talked to. You know, again, th- this wasn't supposed to end this way. And and to Torts' comments, you know, this this organization was probably right in starting to feel like they were being taken seriously mm-hmm. on the national stage. And now it's it's like all of that has been undone. And it's been undone so unceremoniously. It's been undone by things that that seem able to have been avoided, um, that feel weird, that feel not anticipated. And so I think I think for a man like John Tortorella, the little that I know him, he's a little bit without a rudder um, mm-hmm. because he has put so much work into this. And, and I think any of us can identify with this. If there's a team of people, if there's a project, whatever it is that you do with the rest of your day, besides pay attention to Blue Jackets hockey, when that falls apart or, or suddenly just completely turns in a different direction, that's, that's rough. That's not easy to just go, okay, fine, now we're doing this. Um, and it is a shame. It is a shame that this is this is how it's going to go down. And and I think hindsight, particularly in Columbus, will be quite kind to the man. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, you know that this is how it's going to go. And 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 what's the other cliche? If you live long, if you're a hero who lives long yeah. enough, you get to see yourself turned into a villain. And and we're there in some ways. I think. Yeah, the first his first five years here. Now there were comments made. There were. Um, fines from the league, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think on the whole, in, in his first years here, he did a lot of, um, he did made a lot of reparations to his reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he proved to a lot of people that he could, he could be a, a coach that can stick around. He's not just a two-year fix or a three-year fix. He's not Mike Keenan. Right. He's a lot more than that. I think his first five years here really, really, um, I don't know. I think it. a lot of people, a lot of people think they know him and, and have a narrative about him that they want to be true. And it just really didn't apply the first five years. Um, 
But then now you get to this year, and, and I, I certainly don't put this whole season on him at all. Um, but you look at situations that, that I mean, it doesn't, it's been a hard go with Line A. It's been a hard go yes. with Domi. It's been a hard go with Roslovic. And these are guys that are just really, really important to this team. Um, really important. And if you're Yarmo Kekalainen, these are three guys that you moved to hellacious players to acquire. It has to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like, like a lot, I mean, I'm looking at this list here, <clears throat> players scratched, Domi twice, Delzato twice, eh, not, not that crazy. Riley Nash three times. I'm not sure why Riley Nash was scratched with the issues they had this year. Texier scat, scratched twice, Gavrikov once, Roslovic once. Again, a lot of these you look at and you go, eh, I, I could see it. They weren't playing great. But it's it for me. It's just it's it's too bad because it it ends on a it all ends on a sour note for Tortorella for this team, but also for Tortorella, and it allows people to sort of further this narrative about him that they want so badly to be true. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as much as as I do, and and probably will for. I mean, I was yesterday. I was talking to someone who was saying, you know, this is Torts does this, and it kills offense. I was like, no, that's not actually what he's been doing and here's the evolution of that and here's how we turn the defense into the engine and da 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 but you know people can change and and I will support the evolution that John Tortorella has undergone in his time in Columbus and I and in in his time in Columbus specifically I do believe the good outweighs the bad however this last year is part of it too and and it's not like it didn't happen um and some of it does feel a little bizarre. <laughs> um, and, and you wonder too, you know, are there, are there messages he's trying to send to the team and we just happen to have to see it? Um, are there messages he's trying to send to, to someone else? I don't know, but it all just feels a bit untoward. Um, and, and it's a shame because in some instances this year, I've been like, come on, John, let's just, let's just not do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's just not do that. Is that right. really necessary where we are yeah. right now? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, in a lot of ways, it's like it's like good service in a restaurant where very few people write letters based on the good service they received in a restaurant, right? That's right. It's That's the right. bad. It's the bad service. You hop on your and fire off a review. I'm just gonna blast these guys. I th- I'm thinking just in my head right now. Recent players that I think you can fairly say have become significantly better players under John Tortorella's tutelage. And it's a long list, I think. And and let's be clear, this is what a coach is supposed to do. Right. They're supposed to get better. But I th- right. I th- I think there's a there's a feeling out there that with a lot of people that every guy in that room hates John Tortorella and everybody regresses under him, and that just isn't the case. Um, Seth Jones is a better player. Zach Wierenski is a better player. David Savard, a better Pierre player. Pierre Luc Dubois is a better player. Pierre Luc Dubois Honestly. is a better player. Oliver Bjorkstrand is a significantly mm. better player. I think Cam Atkinson, Nick Felino would be the first one to tell you he's a better player. Um, these are some of the the franchise luminaries over the last five years. I think there's, there are some guys that have not worked well with him. And in mo- like Sonny Milano did not obviously gel with him, but I don't know that he's gone on to any great splendor. Wenberg is making him 
making a pretty good statement for himself in Florida. So is Duclair. Right. And again, there's how many Duclair may be better because of John Tortorella. It's not like he's the only coach that was well, exactly. frustrated by Duclair um, on his road in fact, to his what current is coach. Yeah. His current coach was previously frustrated with him as a player. Yeah. And he's having a really good year and was really good last night. So good for him. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, let's not forget too. There were, there were t-shirts printed in the, in the dressing room towards 2020. Yep. You remember this? Oh, I, it was a year. It was well, it, it, last season, four, whatever. It was like four and a half years ago or last March, yeah. whatever that was. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But I mean, there are a lot of players in that room that that love the man and will be forever indebted to him, and that should not be forgotten, no matter what's gone down this year. Yeah, and I think you know, and and look, this is not. I am not throwing anyone under the bus, but this is a different roster than this organization expected to have going into this season. So much, um, and you know, for a couple years, honestly, and and this this surpasses current tenure of of the front office to be honest the top six has kind of always you've always been able to kind of piece that together on this team but the entire composition still always feels fluid particularly on the forward side and so on some ways too you know there's back to the restaurant analogy there's there's a chef and then there's the person who designs the the recipe or go shopping and, and everyone has to be in alignment. And this season threw some curveballs in that sense. Oh. And it, again, a, a bit rudderless for the head coach. Now, could he have dealt with it better? I don't know. I really don't know, but there's no one to carry the puck on this team right now. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no centers to, of, of, of vast experience right now. Um, it's hard to think how, how you piece, piece this together yeah and that's why i know right now is not about winning or losing but that's why the scratching of max domi just resonates so yes yeah so much because you're you're so far up against it right now yes uh, and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds direct tv has the most mlb games visit directtv.com claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of rsns varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply yeah and soon allison the work of Rebuild. Uh, sorry, reloading this franchise will <laughs> begin. Um, yes, it's worth noting. It's amazing how quick they've they've made their way toward the bottom of the standings. I'm not it trying is. to make light of that, but my God, yes. um, they have tumbled. They are now below Detroit in the Central. They're now. If the season ended today, they would be the number five team in the NHL draft lottery. Which Columbus, Ohio is back into the mode of caring about the NHL draft lottery again. Mm-hmm. Best we can tell you at this point is it's late May or early June. So nice. Uh, it's quite a gap from, from the end of the season to the lottery. It used to be like the day after. Right. Um, but they're going to get a good good player, um, and they could win the lottery. They're going to have a pretty good chance to. Um, but there's going to be a lot of uh, – a lot of attempts this summer to add 
This is what the phrase reload means, add immediate help. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the ways that Yarmo has mentioned this is through the expansion draft, not through it, um, right. but using it to the Blue Jackets' favor. Right. They have three first-round draft picks, their own. They have Tampa Bay's and they have Toronto's, which could both be could both be bottom five in the in the first round, but will still have some value to people. Um, and he's talked about trading that first-round draft pick not to the new franchise, the Seattle Kraken, but to teams that may have trouble with their expansion lists. In other words, they have too many players to protect. Um, and Columbus could help them with that. And this is almost a second form of trickle-down hockey help, as I like to call it. I'm not sure who coined that, but um, it's it's along the same lines of lots of teams are going to have trouble with the salary cap, the flat salary cap this year. And we've got cap room and we've got first-round draft picks and prospects. So, And we're in the business of today. And... I'm skeptical of that. I know this is the flattest of flat caps we've ever had, but I'll, I guess I'll believe it when I see it because teams almost always find a way to get themselves out of that without parting with players they don't want to part with. Mm -hmm. And I think the expansion draft may well be the same thing. I don't see a team moving a player from the top part of their expansion draft to protect a guy at the bottom of their expansion draft. I think, if anything... There may be a player at the bottom of some team's protected list that Columbus really likes, and this allows that team to protect another player. But those guys typically are pretty good players, but not, not the sort of number one centers that this Blue Jackets franchise is going to need. Right. And so I, I don't know if you've seen some of the names that are out there as possibilities, teams that are going to have trouble. It's just not a very exciting list at all and I wonder how feasible you think that approach might be. Yeah, and I feel like I'm I'm raining on everybody's parade today. I sorry. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, that time of year. You know, I mean again, I, I I'm kind of with you and and listen, if you are a leader, if you are taking charge of next steps for any team, um be that in any industry, your job is to talk about the opportunity and the way that you hope to continue to find success. And, and that is what is happening in articulating this strategy. However, um, I'm a little bit with you in that we've, we've heard so many versions of the story of this, this, this is how, this is how this year, the, you know, the marquee talent's going to come in or we're going to take advantage of this loophole or, or this thing. And listen, this is not on the Blue Jackets. I mean, it is still shocking that Tampa Bay got out of the little snafu oh, they were suspected to be in. That that has nothing to do with poor planning by anyone else. But we've been down this road so many times, and I know, I believe I know that, you know, Yarmo Kekaline is certainly not sitting in his office saying, I'm just going to wait for other people to fix my problems. That's not what I think he's saying here. But no. I think that, you know, <sighs> Again, there just needs to be some action that you can control. Um, and th this goes back to why for any team, draft and develop is so key. Because at the end of the day, you can't expect anyone else to help you out, no matter what you think they're going to do. Um, GMs pride themselves on zigging when everyone thinks they're going to zag. And yeah. um, I just think it's, I think it's just really 
I think it's fine to say this is an option that should it present itself, we believe we will be able to exploit, but the attitude should certainly not be to count on that being the pa- the pathway or one of the top pathways for improvement on, on the roster going forward, at least immediately. I'm sorry. I think I might take the picks. I, I yeah. I, I might no use the picks. That. I know it takes you longer to get where you want to be, but here's some of the names our our uh, good friends from the Vancouver precinct, Thomas Drance and Harmon Dial, put together a nice piece of players who players on teams that may have expansion issues that could be available because Vancouver's looking to do the same thing they are. Columbus is okay. Zach Sanford and Sammy Blaze. Okay, uh, that's with the Blues. Uh, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Matthew Joseph. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Zach Aston Reese. Mm-hmm. Carolina, Warren Fogley. Fogel. Fogel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, New York Rangers, Colin Blackwell. Mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens, Jake Evans. Florida Panthers, Maxime Mamin. You don't sound excited, Allison. And are you sitting down? I'm ready. Isaac Ludestrom or... Sonny Milano of the Anaheim Ducks. I've been waiting. <laughs> Matthew <laughs> Phillips of Calgary, too. So nice players in some cases. I, you know, Milano's not coming this way again. Um, no. Matthew Joseph, sure, absolutely. Uh, Warren Fogel, absolutely. Nice player. I'm not sure. Am I crazy to, to say I'm not sure I give a first-round draft pick for him? No, I, I agree with you a million percent. You know, And again, As you outlined already, these teams, if they're strapped, I mean, even Columbus, even Pittsburgh, remember what Pittsburgh did with Flurry. You're not going to say, oh, okay, shoot, we're stuck. You know what? Let's just not protect Sidney Crosby. That's not what you're going to do. No, it's going to be at the bottom of the (laughs) list. You're going to try to expose the least valuable asset possible. That is good GMing. So. Don't expect these names to blow the doors off. And unfortunately, the Blue Jackets have a ton of supporting talent. They need game-breaking talent. That's not what a GM is going to let dangle loose. Unless it's some insane package. But I still still don't know. I don't know. Or unless they're $20 million over the cap and they have expansion problems. If you solve two of their problems, maybe... But even then, I, I don't see them biting down hard and giving up the guy they don't want to give up. Ryan O'Reilly's not leaving the Blues. Well, okay, so let's, let's follow through the Pittsburgh example in all seriousness. In what scenario, in what scenario is there one where, let's assume, Pittsburgh is screwed for the expansion draft and for the cap and Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin become available? Legitimate oh question. I mean, is there, can you think of any no. possible, I'm, exactly. Absolutely not. And so this just, you asked about Pittsburgh and, and this is their situation. Um, you can protect seven forwards. Most right. are going to do seven, three, one. So let's just play with that. That's yep. Crosby, Malkin, Rust, Gunsel, Kapanen. They have two spots open for Brandon Tanev, Jared McCann, Teddy Blugers, Zach Haston Reese. Okay. Now, that's that's a fine list. Sure. But again, if you lose if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins and you lose Zach Aston Reese and Teddy Blugers to Seattle, all right. Yeah, that's exactly. Fine. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to lose them. 
And if you're right. the Blue Jackets, well, you're not giving up a first-round draft pick for them. Right. But the guy you might give up a first-round draft pick for, they're not moving Crosby or Malkin. You might get Gunsel. Right. But why would Pittsburgh do that to protect, to your point, Bluger, Zach Aston Reese? Nah. Right. We're not giving up that guy. No. Right. No. I mean, the, I the, the level the level of guy you're looking at, and, and listen, I am a big fan of Gus Nyquist's game. We raved all last year about how he was underappreciated. Yarmo Kekalainen has reminded people how shocked he is. And, and I think he's right that it hasn't been talked about more how much he's missed. We, we marveled game in and game out at the way he contributed, even if it wasn't sparkly and shiny and flashy. But that's the, that's the kind of player, I think that's the best case scenario of what's going to be available in this situation. And I love Augustus Nyquist, but that doesn't, Gus Nyquist came to the Blue Jackets, I think he added quite a bit, but that's not enough for what this team needs if we want to yeah. equate the kind of talent that's going to be available. And I, I threw this, this uh, line of thinking past a Western Conference front office guy who said, you know, I don't know how it works with the with other teams' expansion lists. We haven't put all of that stuff together again, but he agreed with us that no one's going to give from the top to save the bottom. He said, "Probably the guy you're gonna you're gonna look at it is a person who's sort of run out in a certain another spot. He's a he's a good player, needs a change of scenery, needs a different spot." Um, and he equated it to like the Blue Jackets trading a first round draft pick for R.J. Umberger years ago. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of player you can trade Toronto's twenty uh, fifth overall pick or whatever it's going to be. Right. That's the kind of guy you get. Not that it necessarily rates to the expansion draft. Um, but that's the way that's the way he sees it. Yeah, it's uh this is gonna be a fascinating summer. It is. In so many ways. Because who knows? Maybe it's quite possible, in my instance, it's quite likely that Yarmo has something up his sleeve or something working or some variable to this that I haven't thought of mm-hmm. um, hell he's the gm of an nhl team let's not get ourselves right. um right. but just in terms of being able to use those draft picks to help somebody with their expansion list and doing so in a way that makes the blue jackets dramatically better i don't know yeah i guess I'll i, I don't see, I see it. it i don't see it and i also think i think honestly that the expansion like teams learned a lot about not helping the the actual expansion team when Vegas came around. Absolutely. And, you know, I would suggest, and I have said this before, I think teams are going to be on even more high alert because they know the talent that sits in that Seattle front office right now. Yeah. Um, particularly in the way that they've been able to play with data and start to look at some of that and really bring some different voices to the table. So yeah. teams are going to be on high alert for that. There's going to be an air in general of I'm not helping anybody. <laughs> That's right. So I, I don't think this is going to be a, an off season where teams are, you know, help co- combining efforts towards a common goal, whatever that goal is, be it Seattle or be it helping Columbus or anything like that. And really, maybe the biggest issue in all of this is teams just aren't in the pickles they were last time. Right. Because they ha- they haven't handed out the no move clauses like they did before, mm-hmm. like, like Easter candy back, back in the day, right. they've, They've said to guys, in fact, there's a, if you look around the league, it's fascinating how many contracts go from 
uh, no move clauses to no trade clause literally this summer. Right. So that they do have that flexibility there. Um, well, teams so learn their lesson. Teams learn, they their, learn their lesson. They were in a real bind last time. Um, yeah. we, we know all about that here. Um, and isn't it, leave on this note, God, this is a sad note to leave on too. The Crazy. three players that the Blue Jackets were desperate to keep, because you remember the, the expansion draft to Vegas was hard on Columbus. Oh, yes. And the three players they did not want to lose to the Vegas Golden Knights were Jonas Corposalo, Alexander Winberg, and Josh Anderson. Mm-hmm. And but one of them remains today. And for yeah. how much longer? Yep. For how much longer? Allison, anything else to add? No. I'd say maybe go outside in a day or two and find something happy, folks. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I always think I feel of the badly. great I always think of the great Ray Ratto, um, a wonderful writer from from uh, Northern California. I used to write for the uh, San Jose paper. Um, and he's a lovable grouch. We all have them in our lives. Um, has a, he has a, a crusty exterior, but, but he's a softy on the inside. Everybody who knows him knows this. Um, and he's a grouch on Twitter. Look him up. Look for Ray Ratto on Twitter. He's hilarious. Um, about this time, a couple years ago, someone sent him a breathless tweet about what the 49ers might do for their third, might they draft a third or fourth wide receiver? And if they don't draft this, they've got problems with here and blah, 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 blah. And Ray Ratto responded, go outside, meet people, which is the greatest response to a tweet ever. Uh, And I I will say this, I will say this, as much as we've pounded on what the Blue Jackets are right now and decisions and whatever led to where they are right now. You know, let's not forget too that, as you said, Jarmo Kekalainen has pulled some pretty stunningly impressive moves in the past. Um, and, and they have a front office team that includes, you know, people like Josh Flynn, other, other members of that front office have combined efforts to come up with as much as the Wenberg move stings, that was still oh. the right move for the organization. Well, and yeah. this is a front office that found that, ability to make that move in the CBA. So there, there, if there's an opportunity to be found, this is a group that's going to search high and low to find it for sure. 100%. And I've always said this too. Um, it's pretty disingenuous uh, for anybody, but especially somebody who sits in the chairs that we sit in. It, I think we can point out that that move was flawed or that it hasn't exactly played out the way they wanted it to necessarily. Um, not just Carlson's 40 plus goals the first year, but the way it's turned out with, with Anderson, Wenberg. Um, so on the Blue Jacket side, but to absolutely lampoon them for it is wrong too, because at the time you knew what their thinking was and their thinking seemed really legit. The flip side of that is they're not paid, uh, to, to make moves that seem legit And that can be defended. They're paid to make moves that work. And so they do get criticized when they don't work. But I think it's a little silly to say that that was the dumbest move ever and they're all idiots for doing it because it wasn't. Um, At the time, you could absolutely justify the move they made. It made perfect sense. Those guys looked like they were going to be, well, they were going to be fantastic players. And they were going to be here for a long time. Well, and even even as, you know, as I was, the one I was alluding to, too, is, 
the buyout this past season. It sucks. But no one else knew about that option until the Blue Jackets found it and optimized yeah. it, right? So, again, creativity is, is found in this front office when we least expect it, oftentimes. Yeah, and I, you know what? I'd, do the, I'd still do the Wenberg buyout. 100%. A mil- without question. Without I would, question. I mean, 4.6 million. Yep. Per Great year. player, just was paid too much yeah. for what he is. Absolutely. Wish yeah, him all the best. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's having the season he has right now if he's still here. 100% agree. Right? He needed to move 100%. on. They needed to move on. They saved a shit ton of money. Doing it, so. 100%. Fare thee well, everyone. Agree. Um, all right. Well, thanks, uh, everybody, for listening. Um, Allison, anything else to add? <laughs> I think we've exhausted it. <laughs> we may have. We may have. Uh, thanks again, folks. We will talk to you again next week. And really appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Take care.